2011? Yeah, I'm recording, and then we'll just edit. But yeah, it was 20, yeah, 2012. It's like 13 years almost. Man, I know that's crazy. It, it, it's growing, man. I appreciate you, you know, taking a minute to talk because it's it's cool to reconnect with guys, and you know, some some guys go different paths, some guys go pro, some guys, you know, uh, go into different careers, and. I think in, in the position you're in now as a coach and just watching on social and what you're doing with these guys, it's pretty damn cool. So I thought it would be good content, some good advice. So um, we're going to rip away. It'll probably be 30 minutes. I'm not going to make it tough. Um, but uh, today, um, Tyler Eden, it's been a, yeah, it's a long time. I watched your highlight tape today, actually. Did you see it? I posted it. Yeah, I watched it. You know, I didn't see it at first. I, uh, uh, I was talking to my mom and she was like, yeah, I watched your highlights. I was like, watch my highlights. I said, what are you talking about? She said on Facebook, I saw you doing the the podcast the interview. I said, oh my gosh, so I went and watched it. And yeah, it was, it was real cool. It was real cool to kind of go down memory lane there. So, yeah, I mean, just to kind of go back just for, you know, people that are going to watch this and listen, um, Jim Ballard connected me to you and your family. Obviously you've been doing this since 04 COVID kind of put a wrench in it. I'm in automotive again, which is my background since I was, you know, 19. But we didn't know if we were going to be able to help kids. You know, we didn't know what was going on with the colleges and scholarships. So you got to shut down. You can't help if you don't know what's going to be at the end of the, the tunnel. Um, I know during this process, you know, we met and met with your family. We put together tape. We're contacting all these schools. I know you ultimately went to Lake Erie. It Was there a decision to stay close to home or how did that work out for you? Because I know – at the end of the day, the coaches pick you and you make the decision. You know, we're just kind of a, a coordinator of, of information, transcripts, things like that. But how do you remember the process? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It feels like it. Yeah, I do. And and I'll tell you, I mean, so my process was was maybe maybe similar to some guys experience, maybe different than others. But, uh, you know, the big the big thing with me was I, um, you know, I really hurt myself in the recruiting process. Um, you know, I think you know, the, the work that you did and, and it was great and helped me get some exposure to some really big time. Like your audio like, cut out. Uh oh, can you hear me now? Uh -oh. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Hold on a second. Here, big guy. I love technology. I love it, but sometimes I don't like it. Give that a shot. Can you hear me now? Oh, Here, maybe if, maybe I need to leave. Well, and we come know back we're in. live, so. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. Can you hear me talking still? Is it clear? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to keep running. That's something's not a uh, Bluetooth in here. But so your, your process, you said you, you hurt yourself. Yeah, I hurt myself a whole lot. I mean, so, you know, I think your service certainly was was super helpful. Got me connected to some some big time programs and coaches like, you know, I first um, one of the first coaches that I fielded a phone call from my, after that uh, that season was Turner, Coach Turner Gill from uh, Kansas. And he offered me a scholarship and a bunch of other schools were kind of, you know, similar. Um, Iowa, different places had um, a lot of interest, a lot of awesome things. But unfortunately, my grades um, weren't up to par. And so because of that, you know, a lot of Division One colleges kind of shied away because I learned the really 
harsh and painful lesson that, you know, you, you can be pretty good. And, uh, and that's one thing, but if you are missing one of the key components like academics or your character, you know, they'll find somebody who's just as good, who's got the grades. And so that was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. And, um, and then, and then I had an offer late to Eastern Illinois that some, you know, it got, it got kind of, uh, with coach Babers and, and it just fell through. And so um, ended up being very blessed to have a, almost a full ride to Lake Erie college. Um, and I chose basically between Lake Erie college and Malone. And, and I'm going to be very honest and transparent. I, you know, during this process I had from the time I was a sophomore, I had schools like Ohio state and, you know, Notre Dame sending me Christmas cards with Brian Kelly's signature and, all types of schools, Big Ten, Big East back then was inviting me to games and, you know, ACC, even some some a Big 12, I think a couple SEC schools. So there's a lot of interest, a lot of recruiting and in that process. I really shunned a lot of Division II coaches. Right. Yep. So like, you know, I'm like, hey, I don't even know who you are. You know, I don't even know what this program is. And, you know, what a what an idiot I felt like afterwards, because, you know, boy, I, I blew opportunities to play maybe at a place like Grand Valley or at Ashland where they have just tremendous tradition and they play and they produce some, some tremendous football players. And so um, that was, that's the one thing just off the very beginning, I would say to anybody who listens to this, especially any young men who are players getting recruited, don't, you know, don't blow anybody off. Don't burn any bridges. Make sure that you treat every opportunity like it's the best opportunity because it may be your only opportunity at some point. And so, um, you know, I, again, I went through my recruiting process, kind of screwed it up, um, but I was still very fortunate to get a scholarship to Lake Erie, and I ended up choosing, um, ironically, and, I, and this, is, this is where I'll end this part of the thing, but ironically, I chose Lake Erie over Malone because I didn't want to go to a Christian university, and then literally this, that next year I became a Christian, so it was just funny how right. how, uh, how God works and how things work, but yeah, but I, I it was it was a great, your service was great, and, and uh, I think just getting that information out, you know, was so helpful for me. So I remember now that you were saying about grades, I remember pushing the envelope with coaches saying, well, this is university school. It's a different dynamic. And there's some truth to that. Obviously, you know, the academic standards are tougher. You know, when you get a kid with honors classes, you give them that, you know, five point scale and you give them the benefit that their, you know, their football IQ and their classroom, uh, you know, regimen is a little bit different than where I went to Brunswick high school, you know, where we were just all about football in the nineties. So Today, now going forward, you know, being a father, beautiful family, by the way. Um, Thank congratulations you. on that. Thank uh, you. This name, image, likeness. Are you seeing that trickling down yet at your level? I know it's the higher end. Oh, uh, not not yet, but I've heard it's coming this way. I mean, I know there's several states that already do it. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it when it does come to Florida. I'm I'm praying that it doesn't. Um, you know, I'm in, I'm in a good position where I have a really good booster club here and we have some really great support. But I just think it's so early to give kids that kind of, you know, uh, it, it's just tough. I, I don't know the right answer, but but I'm not looking forward to dealing with that. I know it's probably coming eventually. And, and then, you know, when it comes to the college level, I mean, it's great, you know, great for the guys to, to be able to make make their make money and things like that. And even high school kids, I guess, if, if you're you know, if you're a Mr. Florida or whatever, and, and you want to do a camp and make money, you should be able to do that. But I just, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come down to like giving kids gifts and things like that to play. Cause you know, we have open enrollment here. So it's basically like, 
you know, <laughs> baby college. It's like um, the, the minor leagues for college, right? Because you got kids that hop over here and over there, just like in, in the college level. And so it's like, I really hope that doesn't come into play here because that would just be, that would be a lot. And I, and I hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's um, it's different. I see it now on our end. I mean, we're making custom websites for guys now, and and we obviously handle female and male athletics. But um, you know, a lot of the, the kids today are like, "What kind of money am I gonna get?" I'm like, "Not even played in college yet." And you know, the Bryce Youngs of the world, those guys, you know, they're the one percenters. But you're starting to see guys that, just like you said earlier, I've dealt with plenty of athletes that ignore. I've had a guy literally 25, 26 D2 offers, full rides, just ignores them, gets hurt, and the D1 guys walk away. And mm -hmm. the quarterback, quarterback position is probably the hardest in all of recruiting. I don't care what anybody says because they're going to overoffer quarterbacks. They're going to go for – got to check every box. It's not like you're going to get bigger or, or guessing game. You've got to be able to check every box, and that's a leader of a team, you know, and especially with social media – and all this brand management, these colleges are really careful. And, you know, that's my advice to clients to this, to this day. Back when we worked with you, we had software that would kind of report and flag a post and tell you to remove it. <laughs> it's just wildfire, you know. This is stuff your parents were telling you, and you didn't want to listen to it. Now you're saying the same thing to your guys. No, no doubt. I I still remember to this day my my uh, my uncle had connections to the Naval Academy. And um, I think I, you know, the coach was really interested. They were like, yeah, he looks like he's a great athlete. He could run our system, you, you know. Um, and it's funny. I, I don't know what it was, but there was something I put out that was super, just not really, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but it wasn't appropriate. And they showed it to my uncle and they said like, you know, this is a negative for us. And it's just crazy. So like, again, if, if, if any of these kids, all the mistakes that they are made, that could be made, I made them. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I'm very blessed to be in a position now where hopefully I can not only coach these young men to be great players, but I can coach them through this game. Uh, you know, I had a player earlier this, uh, you know, I've had a player in my career, I should say. Uh, he had a, a social media post and it was I looked at it and said, you know, it was inappropriate. It was like I think it was like, you know, guns and drugs and money on the table. And now the crazy thing is. It was actually a picture of a museum. So there's like a hip hop museum in Atlanta. And he took a picture of that. But I told him, I said, I'm 29, you know, and I'm and my wife's from Atlanta. And I didn't know that. So imagine a college coach who's 50, who has no idea. And then he looks at that and says, well, this kid's a drug dealer. I don't want him. Right. And so it's totally unfair. But at the same time, it, it, it is, you know, again, with great. You know, um, when you are getting recruited and when you're wanted and when you're an athlete that has an opportunity to potentially have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into you more nowadays, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you life's not fair. You know, you're going to be asked to be held to a higher standard. And so um, I think that's another thing with these young men, just understanding, hey, you, and, and social media is such a great tool. You know, it was just kind of blossoming when i was in school but now it's it's full full-fledged every it's everywhere it's everything and so um it's a wonderful like a walking billboard for who you are so i mean i try to you know and we're going to continue to do things like have classes like this summer with our guys like hey recruiting classes like hey how to get recruited you know what you should do how you should do it how your social media should be set up you know these are things that coaches need to be doing 
to teach their kids um, because in this day and age, you know, it is our job to help them. And, and we've done a, a good job since I got there at Bartow. We've, I think we've put uh, four, hopefully five really soon kids to division one from this season alone. And uh, almost every senior has an opportunity to go play college football, which is a huge blessing and uh, just praise God for that. But, you know, moving forward, I shouldn't say, but, and moving forward, you know, I want to make sure that we're teaching guys like, yeah, we're going to do the work, but you should do the work too and, and make sure that you make it easy on us so that there are no hiccups or stumbles. Yeah. I think a lot of parents and, and even athletes, you know, they forget that you're, you're a, a father, a husband, a teacher, mm -hmm. and then a coach. And, and this strings back to when Josh Gaines and I sat down decades ago and talked about it, it still rings true. You've got other obligations and, you're obviously not coaching for the money because I coached and I remember what my coach <laughs> um, I donated it actually so we could have a better facility and you know some jerseys but you do it because of the passion of the game and, and the camaraderie and do you still have connections with guys from U.S. and college and I'm sure you've got guys you still stay in touch with oh yeah yeah I mean guys on both levels um U.S. and I mean obviously I got to I got to coach last year I've coached twice now two different times at U.S. and Last year, I was got to be a part of a really special team, and it was so cool because guys were, you know, that, that really helped to reconnect some of that, you know, guys coming back to watch the games and just reaching out and messaging me about, you know, about the games and about the season, and um, so that was really cool, and then they still message me now, just kind of checking in with where I'm at, and then Lake Erie College got some friends that are in coaching college and high school that we still, you know, talk and and try to, you know, uh, bounce ideas and, and just kind of uh, feed off of each other, uh, you know, to become better and, and, and things like that. But, yeah, the camaraderie is definitely – it was really special at both places for sure. We had about, I think, eight guys go from Maslin over to Lake Erie, and I think maybe Rob Partridge played with you for a little bit. I don't know if that ring a bell or no. Maslin quarterback. No, he, he must have been after me, I would say, either after or before. It might be like 14. I'm just trying to remember. He ended up being in a brutal wreck and paralyzed now, and he bounced mm. from several colleges. You know, he went – same thing, D1. I mean, when you showed up in college, it was like – I remember when I played, and I played in the a National All-Star game. I thought I was great, and then I get my ass kicked, and I'm going, this is brutal. And then you go to college, and you're like, this is really brutal because the third-string guy is just as good as me. It, 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 you're all so close – that really your work ethic, your character, those things probably make your de definition of a coach selecting you to play. But what was it like for you, that transition from, you know, I'm all state QB, I'm, I'm being recruited by all these schools, I finally land one. Was When did you finally go, this is tougher than, than I thought it was going to be? You know, my 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 journey was very different. I, um, you know, I when I got, when I went from, Again, you know, not to, but getting recruited by Ohio State and Notre Dame, and and this is no disrespect to Lake Erie College, right? To kind of falling to Lake Erie College, a, a brand new Division two program, mm -hmm. um, man, I I didn't really try, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't motivated. I was like, well, I kind of, I felt like this was a a downgrade and and again total just arrogance and really more 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 than arrogance i'd say it was more naive not being naive not really knowing um what i didn't know and you know because i had multiple two or three guys from that team at lake erie playing the nfl right so it's like 
you know, um, it's just, again, lack, total lack of, of, of awareness at the time. And so I really didn't try very hard, right? Like we had summer workouts and, and things like that, but I wasn't, I wasn't really going to them like, you know, consistently. And, and then when we got there, I ended up in practice, you know, I didn't really, the one thing I'll say is it was the speed of the game as far as reads was way different. And I had always kind of relied on being an athlete, making my own plays. And, and the coach that I played for, um, Coach Hazard, who ran a really nice offensive system, the problem was I I never felt like I was a system guy. I was more like, a, you know, I'll go through my reads, and then when things break down, I'll scramble and pick up yards or I'll scramble and find a guy open. So okay. I'm, I'll never forget. There was one day in practice in camp my freshman year where I'm, I, I scrambled away. I've got the whole defense moving with me to the left. And I turn my entire body while I'm running full speed and throw back across the field, hit my receiver, and he takes off. No one's left. It's like a 50-yard touchdown. And I'm thinking, man, I just made a nice play. He rips my butt apart and just says, we don't do that. And And so, again, it was just very different, right? Like going from being able to make plays and be creative and be more uh, of a a playmaker to being – you know, my, the coach that I had was more so like, Hey, you either do it's one, two, three, and then do this. And so that was, that was a huge adjustment for me. Um, and then, um, speed of the game was at first, but, but then it really wasn't, you know, I mean, and, and especially after that first weightlifting off season, I was, I was, I was moving pretty well before I got hurt, but, um, yeah, I would say the biggest adjustment was again, just going from a, a lot more freedom to a lot more like being constricted like this is exactly what you have to do and and neither neither one is right or wrong it's just it's just different and so just having to go through that um but the speed of the game will get guys at the beginning for sure it's different and then you'll catch up yeah I think the best advice dealing with you know my experience on on this end of it for years is you don't know where a coach is going to land I mean coaches are shifting around quick they get fired or they get promoted and you might be talking to a d3 guy one day at ball the walls and then he becomes a head coach at Akron or right. OU. And if you were a guy that maybe was a four or five star and he takes a shot at you, right? They know. They know D2, D3 that it's kind of a filter. The guys that fall through the cracks I'm going to grab, and I've got a budget, and I'm going to get some of the best guys at D2. Um, I always tell parents and kids just respond to everybody and thank them for their time and, and, and acknowledge that they're there. And – Guys don't do that. The guys that do do that, some mir- miraculous things happen last minute. I've seen guys transfer, get a head coaching job or a recruiting coordinator job at a big school and say, hey, I got this kid. I've been watching him since he's a freshman. I know everything about him. So you start building those those bridges early. You know, Be appreciative of everything that's offered or not. Um, be able to take no a lot and yes, probably two out of ten times, most likely. But I agree with you. A lot of guys, and I've been through it. You know, I'm I'm going to play at a big school, and that's it, or nothing. And then you're looking at the clock in February and going, "Oh, I don't have a school." And then you get humbled, and you know, really, and we've always been this about our organization is getting your education paid for. And a lot yeah. of parents don't want to hear that. They think, you know, because we're investing money in this marketing campaign and the guidance and all the technology today that D1 or nothing. And I'm like, it's the worst thing you can do for your kid. Let them choose because I've always said if you could go D1 and a coach at Notre Dame says you're going to be here four years, which will never see the field. But you're a Notre Dame guy. You got a helmet. Or you go to Grand Valley or 
you know, one of the premier D2s and you come in and play, which one you want, guess what an athlete tells me? I'm going to go ultimately where I can get playing time. Play, yeah. But it's the the process. You just got to ride through it. I mean, and you see it. You deal with it on the other end now. So. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Just to piggyback off of what you said about the coaches, two things. So a good friend of mine, he was a coach at Lake Erie College, offensive line, you know, offensive coordinator at one point, assistant head coach, strength coach. All He was everything. Um, he went from being that to not having a job, to being a high school coach, to being a high school coach at another in another state, to being a Mississippi junior college coach. Now he's a coach at the University of Arizona getting ready to play Oklahoma mm-hmm. in, in the Alamo Bowl, right? Ranked 12, and, and they might end up finishing. If they win, they'll probably end up finishing top 10 in the nation. So here's my one of my closest friends who at one point was coaching high school football in, in Florida, Alabama, and whatnot. Now he's, you know, power five, about to be a top 10 ranked program. So you never know who's going to do what. And and as a kid, especially when you're getting recruited, you know, if you end up going D2, you may make a connection with a coach that, you know, two years down the road watches your film and you end up, he ends up hitting you up and saying, hey, we want you to jump up to Division One FCS or FBS. But another one that's a good example, there's a coach school that just we just got in their district down here but bloomingdale or outside of tampa i think their former head coach is now the offensive coordinator of bowling green so it's like gosh you never know who's going to end up where in high school and and, excuse me in college and so that's a great advice for these kids and then the second thing we have a kid who played here at bartow before i got here really great kid really great athlete um no doubt a division one kid like high level division one kid but for whatever reason just didn't end up going and i talked to him the other day he was home, home for the holidays, and he just said, man, the most important thing is getting your degree paid for. And I just said, yes. I said, that's exactly what we should be stressing our kids. I said, I want you to come tell our kids that that are on the team now because they need to hear it from a guy that's just super talented that's going to tell them, hey, this is great, but the number one thing is if you can get your degree paid for, you are – you are you have won the game of football if you can use it to get a free college education degree and set yourself up to – you know, um, <laughs> pay for your future, right? So, right. just spot on, right there. I mean, I've had guys that were Division One recruits and end up at a D three school, which Mount Union. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. they get their education paid for somehow, and they don't have great grades and they're not financial need, but somehow they figure out. So, obviously, we don't call them football scholarships, but you know, their grants and leadership grants, and they have a lot of money. I mean, these D three schools are loaded with money. Um, and you know, with the social media, everybody sees the the five percenter, you know, the guys with the sensational signing days and the, the, the the name image money, they see all that. And I think it's stressful for a guy. I couldn't go through it right now. I mean, it's, you see those, those top five percenters and you think that's how it goes and it's not that glorious. It really isn't. It's hard work. and, And I tell kids start early get on the NCAA. There's a, there's a playbook in there for student athletes on what to do on what year gives you a graph milestones, start getting on, um, you know, maybe not as everybody thinks because you tweet to a college coach, you're going to get responses or he's reading it. Most likely it's a public relations department. Um, you know, start getting engaged through the NCAA and even NAI has a great portal, which actually works really well because you can register and go in and start connecting directly with schools and get in their database. 
And that's the name of the game is get into their software so they know your name. And then you start getting mail. Yeah, it's not handwritten. Yeah, it's not talking to a coach, but it's a process. It's a marathon. And, you know, I get a lot of people that call me that are referrals and, hey, I got a guy here and, or a girl here. And I'm like, it's signing day next month. Like you forgot about the whole relationship part of this business. And the earlier you start, the better off you are, you know, to yeah. prepare for it. And, um, you know, I, I did see you sign on a lot. It's like a little Glenville you got going over there. I remember working with Glenville. We had like 26 guys in one year. A lot of people don't know, and I'm not throwing Coach Ginn under the bus, but a lot <laughs> of those kids are financial need full aid qualifiers. So we'll yeah. call them scholarship on signing day, but they're really their letter of intent is all fast with base, which is fine. Who cares? You know, I've marketed guys like that. Hey, don't use a scholarship. He's a full need guy. Put him on your roster, see what he does, and go from there. And coaches love that honesty and transparency because you got to help the next person too. You can't worry about the last one. We all move on with our lives. But you can't, especially you in your position, once you burn a bridge or you you mislead a coach, it's a guessing game. You know, I've interviewed top coaches in college, and they said, hey, I look at 10 kids. If I'm 40%, 4 out of 10 right, I'm a championship program. So there's there's a, a lot of guessing to this still, but in your position, you know, your parents got to understand that you can't overextend yourself either. You've got to say, hey, this is what the kid's good at. This is what the kid needs to work on. You know, you've got to be honest with that coach. You know, and you want to help a kid, I get it, but you've got to be careful, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because, again, relationship is the name of the game. You know, I was very fortunate when I got here. You know, one of the first things that I did was I – I reached out to every single Division One program, and then I went down to Division One AA. Then I went down to Division Two, and made sure they knew my doors are open. I'm here. Come talk to me. And and they did. I mean, we had probably I think sixty or seventy Division One schools stop by in spring of last year. And now I'm on a first name basis with these coaches. You know, we text, they texted me things like congrats on the playoff win, you know, things like they follow what we're doing. And I texted them, hey, congrats on the bowl win. Hey, you know, um, and when they when they come in town, they let me know ahead of time. And again, it, it all comes back to relationships. The coaches um, ultimately want to know, you know, that you're going to, like you said, you're not going to waste their time and you're going to help them, uh, win, you know, win. And, and I've even, I'm fortunate because I got a lot of good players, but but I know even if I didn't, they would still stop by because they want the relationship to say when you do get a player of that quality, you know, that we want to be able to to be in contention for them. But it, it's tough now, too. I mean, a lot of these Power 5 programs, they don't even recruit high school anymore. They just recruit the portal and they recruit the top. Um, you know, you got to be one of the really, really top guys for them to recruit you. So it's 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 just really a tough, a tough game for these kids. And I, and I feel for them. But um, but that's what I've told a lot of my kids. You know, we still were able to. We still were able to, even in that, the midst of that, because because I'll say it right now. I mean, I think that how it's gone is with the whole transfer portal is power five kids that would be power five kids. The top is always going to be the top, the four star, the five star kids. But I think guys that would have been power five guys are falling to group of five. I think group of five is falling to, um, you know, NC, uh, excuse me, FCS. FCS kids are going D2 because that's just what's happening. Everybody's getting pushed back a notch. And so I, I wish there was some way that that would change, but I don't think it will. And so I think the pathway now is for some of these kids is go D2, kill it, get or, or go D1, double A, kill it, and end up at USC or Oklahoma down the road. You know, I, I think that's what it's, it's going to have to be, unless you're just one of those freak guys that is, 
one of the top 150 kids in the nation. But, you know, um, it, it's tough. But again, teaching guys that how, tell, telling them how to navigate that is 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 part of the job now. And so uh, we've been doing that here. And, and, uh, and it's, it's funny because I got a bunch of guys. I got guys that are going D1AA. I got guys that are going um, FBS. And I think both I think, you know, they're going to have great careers, but you never know. You, you might have a kid that on this same team that goes D2 and ends up playing at Michigan, you know, because it's just so crazy. We had a kid from Bartow before, before I got there a long time ago, but he played at NAIA maybe and ended up at he's at the University of Miami. He's one of their defensive linemen now. So it's like just crazy how this whole transfer portal is. It's free agency for sure. I mean, even Saban said it last week. He's like, it's definitely like the NFL. If I need a corner, I go in and I go to the portal and I look for a corner. I hand select one and, you know, they're Alabama. So they, they're going to have that luxury of being able to pull from that portal right away. And guys shift. I mean, you know, coach now, I wouldn't want to be a college coach. You look at a kid wrong, they're in the portal. Right. Um, you know, I dealt with Travis Kelsey and Jason and those guys when I was at Cleveland Heights doing their recruiting. And I remember like yesterday talking to Travis's dad and he's arguing with me. He's a division one quarterback. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a Hall of Fame tight end. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, this kid can play on Sunday. He's just yeah. one of those gifted guys. And playing quarterback helped him identify at the NFL level, you know, how to read the defense, how to soften up and make himself available. But, you know, he was a few mistakes away from never making it. You know, he wanted to play quarterback. And, you know, I hate to say it, but Cincinnati lied to him, told him he was going to be a quarterback. He showed up to camp and his number was not. It was in the 80s. It was not, you know, and it's basically when you get there, do you want to play or not? If you don't get out, get the next man up. Um, it's tough. Uh, you've got any like guys come back that you've coached. I know you're at Lutheran East and U.S. or any guys that you thought were just really good. And they come back and say, man, it's just really tough. And, and I don't see it working out. Or you had anybody just circle back to you and just really lean on you for advice? Uh, well, no, because, again, I mean, there, I had, I did have a kid that had Division One offers, and um, you know, I, I won't name any names, but he he made a really poor decision to go to a a prep school, and it wasn't a prep school, and they sold him all type of dreams that you're going to go to Clemson and you're going to go to Ohio State. He had a full ride to Tiffin University. And, and like Ohio Dominican, he had a full, I mean, full athletic scholarship to seven divisions. And I worked, and again, it's not about me. I, I don't care about that. But I put in a lot of time and effort to email coaches and call coaches and, and take him, you know, driving all over the state of Ohio to, to, to try to help him get these offers. And when he got them, it was great. And, you know, it was awesome. And, but again, sometimes you get that pride and that ego and you start thinking you're you're a little better and bigger than you are. And so um, it didn't work out. I think he got hurt, unfortunately, and and he didn't end up playing. And we've talked since and he's a great young man and he's found faith and and, and he's become a Christian. And, and so he's doing some great things and and um, and I'm proud of him. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, man, you could have, you know, he ended up, I think, taking classes at Tri-C where nothing wrong with that. But you could have had a degree from a four-year institution fully paid for. So sometimes you just got to – and I remember my wife, She, you know, she's much, much smarter than me. She just said, <laughs> no, I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated, and I'm 
remember him, I was in my house and I'm just mad. I'm mad at the coach for telling him these lies. And I'm just mad. I'm, I'm upset in the house, in the kitchen in South Euclid. And she just looked at me. She said, baby, you can't make the decision for him. And I, and that was probably the most best advice. Cause I was like, you're right. Like I can't, I, I want to protect kids from this kind of stuff, but I can't, you know? And so I can give them everything I got. But at the end of the day, if they're dead set on doing something, they're going to do it. So I, I, I uh, that's when I learned, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to give these kids the best. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to work as hard as I can to get them the best possible scholarship opportunity and, and, and football and college football opportunity they can get and then give them the best advice on what to do. But at the end of the day, I also know that either they're going to take it or they're going to they're not right. Like you, you could have told me till you were blue in the face that, uh, you know, I needed to get my grades up to be able to do these things. You could have told me back then that until you blew in the face. Hey, junior college is probably the best route for you because you'll play two years, you'll do well and you'll get your grades and then you'll go even bigger. But I don't want to hear that. conversation was, uh, was, was held with your parents. Yeah. You know, his strategy and it's, it's tough. I mean, you gotta be uber mature to get off a Greyhound bus because it is not sexy at the junior college level. It's, it's less fans than you do at your high school. Um, you're playing in, you know, defunct facilities. You know, that's one of the problems I have with masculine and Ed's and Ignatius, those kids, leave that environment and then they go to, you know, uh, Arizona Western and a uh, JUCO in the middle of nowhere and they got to find an apartment and they're rooming with four guys. But I'm going to tell you what, some of the best football players are at those junior colleges and they're fighting to get out of no the situation, doubt. you know? Um, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And I, I looked at junior college like it was, it wasn't an option. Yeah. It wasn't an option. It was like, there's no way I'm going there. I'm going to play. I'm going to go D2 before I do that. I'm going to, which is which is silly because I think had I gone JUCO again, I had interest from like there were coaches, Division one coaches that were asking me to go JUCO. They're like, hey, if you and just go JUCO, have you out of it, when you're done, right? Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna hand put you in there and then pull you back out. It's a you know it's a farm. But again, if a kid is not willing to listen, and that was my problem, was you got to be willing to listen and be humble. And and I struggled with it, and so my thing is that's where you know again my, my the wisdom of my wife just hey. You can't make them choose the right thing. And so that's where I just had to say, you know what? I'm going to do my best and I'm going to hopefully help these kids get where they need to go. But at the end of the day, I, all I can do is lead them to it. What they do with it is going to be on them. They got to go in full, you know, eyes wide open that this is a business. Anytime at a high level, you pay a coach three, four, five million a year, they didn't get there without stepping on toes. I mean, that's just a fact of life is, is, you know, I'm on that business where I talk to these coaches and send correspondence and I'm not dogging any coach. It is what it is. I mean, you've got somebody behind you, you know, athletic director boosters, big money. We're talking tens of millions. You better win or you're out. So they got to start making some decisions. And some of them are in the best interest of kids. I've seen colleges take kids, recruit them to withhold them from another school. So they have to compete against them but you'll never play because I got this other guy. And I think it's unfair. I wouldn't do it, um, especially now with the transfer portal. Who cares? He's going to be gone anyway. It's one and done. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't that doesn't work anymore now. But but Joe Burrow comes to mind. I mean, at Ohio State, I think there, yeah. there was no doubt that that was one of the things. Don't let him go to Michigan. Don't let him go to Michigan State. I think, you know, yeah, you're, you're 100%. But it's funny now. I mean, now with the transfer portal, the, the, the power, I mean, it used to be 100% with the head coach. They had all the power. It's now – it's not because you got NAL where players are making more than really almost 
you got a lot of players making more than, than the position coaches and, and, and even maybe some coordinators sometimes. Um, and, and, and then the transfer portal where if, like you said, if, 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 if they don't fulfill that, like you got like how many running backs from Ohio state just transferred? I mean, almost all of them. So it's yeah. like, it's just crazy. It really is. But again, whether it's good, whether it's bad, I don't know. I don't really like it because again, I came up in a different generation and I, I liked the way that college football was, but I mean, there's guys that are obviously benefiting money wise, you know, some of these guys won't ever play in the league. So it's kind of, it could, it could be great that they make some money now. And, and, um, but I, I, I do hope, I really hope that they change the transfer portal rules. Like it's something, something has to be done because it's not a good system at all. It's like, it, it it's, it's brand, it's, it's new. And because it's new, it's it's terrible. So I hope they keep fixing it to make it like at least a little bit better because I think it's a bit ridiculous at this point. I think too what's unfair is with college athletics. You look at like volleyball players and college softball and track and all those you know ancillary sports that aren't really revenue generators. Those kids aren't. I mean, you've got a basketball player; she's making millions, you know, with her social brand and all that good stuff. But I think they should take the money, pool it, and divide it by the athletes and create more of an environment of you know, a team culture, because right now it's individuals. Heck, when you offer Marvin Harrison $30 million to stay at Ohio, that's crazy money. Why wouldn't he stay? I would stay. And if I got hurt, I got my money. I could rehab and then still go in the league and make it twice. But these other sports are just not getting any money, let alone scholarships. I mean, I dealt with one of the best lacrosse players in the world, in the world, the country, and was a young lady, good grades, check every box. And she got like six grand a year. They played at Oregon. And I'm going, this is crazy. Jeez. And and, and and I mean, when you think about it, I thought about Marvin Harrison's $30 million one year deal. That is like as good as it gets in the NFL. Like right. you, you can't, what's their rookie deal? Like 500,000. So it's, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, like I was thinking about that the other day. I said, he'll, he's making more than maybe the, the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL if that happens. So yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The other thing I've always wondered is this, you pay a guy all that money, Let's say he plays the entire season and then sits out the, the bowl game, right? Like, how does that work? Like, do they do? They, is there a certain quota of games that they have to play? Like, I don't know what the rules, what the regulations are. On this. I don't even know if they are regulating it, which, again, raises huge red flags for me um, when it comes to something's got to change because it's not this is not going to continue on like this forever. It just can't. Um, they got to make some type of rules. And, st- and I want guys to get paid, of course, uh, when you have a talent and you have a gift from God, you should does you and you work hard. You deserve to get uh, paid, especially if you're bringing in that much money. But at the end of the day, we got to figure out some way to make. There's no no job that I know of where there's not some type of regulation um, and, and rules and, and things like that, especially when it comes to sports. I mean, right now I'm in this business, and I'm always I always talk to my wife, and I go, I don't know what the NCAA does anymore. I don't even know <laughs> what their existence is going to be in a couple of years because you know my stepdaughter right now she played softball as a high academic kid, good kid. She's on her tour actually today, went to Duquesne, and, and she doesn't want to pursue sports. She just wants to do academics. So she's not a D1 kid. She's just not all in. She plays at Chagrin. They're just not good at athletics. It is what it is. But she, you know, she's getting a lot of money because of academics. She's getting more than some players that I deal with yeah. because her grades are so solid. But awesome. you look at this business and you go, okay, they don't have to take an ACT or SAT doesn't make any sense. You, you know, that's junior college. They make you at least try. Now they're saying 
we don't care about anymore because of the COVID. There's still these waivers. And now they're talking about it may never go back to standardized testing and requirements. And I'm going, what's the higher institution? What happened? So now you got kids that are not student athletes that have to go through all this. And then you got athletes that don't have to, you're not teaching them anything. You know, no. you're, you're handing and them a ton of money and, and you're saying you don't have to do much. And in fact, you're hurting them because what you're basically saying is we don't care. We care about your physical abilities, but we don't care about your mental abilities. We want you to be, we want to use you, we want to use your body for our entertainment. And then we're going to cast you aside. And whether you learn anything or get smarter or become a better person, we actually really don't care. We just want to be entertained. And so, you know, maybe, maybe it's always been that way, right? Maybe we're naive. Um, but, but I think it's, it's a, it's a dang shame. And, and what I would say is, um, like for me and for us, you know, one of the things that we're going to really start hammering into these our kids' heads is um, is choose excellence. You know, there's a and again, I, I my face spills over, but there's a, a wonderful verse that basically says that whatever you do, you should want to be excellent at it, right? Because it's a gift from God, you should want to be excellent at it. And so, so what I what I believe is is that the best thing for us to teach these young men is that excellence on the football field is not a switch. You can't be, uh, you know, a terrible person and, and be great at football. You can't be a terrible uh, student and be great at football. If you want to really be one of the best, and anybody I've ever met that's one of the best, they're good at everything. And, and even if they're not the best at it, they still try to be the best at every area. I've never met someone who's really elite. And, and and look at Marvin Harrison. I think he's got what, like a four – he's got a great GPA. Um but, but again, guys that are really, really like that, that really are, are the, the, the goats or whatever, like they are, they want to be the best in every area of the life because they understand it's not some type of switch that when you step on the field, oh, it's time to be good. No, they want to be good all the time and everything they do, they're driven to be the best. And so that's what we're trying to teach our kids. And hopefully, hopefully it works and hopefully it resonates uh, with them so that, that we can be an outlier in this crazy generation and, and hopefully we can have a great you know, team GPA, just a team full of good young men that do good things and, and hopefully whoop a lot of butts on the football field, too. So your degree has completely translated into your coaching, uh, your persona and, and culture, no doubt about it. I mean, I see it on social and I notice you and I know I message you and say, hey, let's reconnect and, and talk about this. You've been through this, but you're using your degree every day on the psychological and right and, and trying to keep guys together. And that's not an easy task, you know. Not, not no, today. no. And, and I mean, especially, um, you know, one thing I'll say is, you know, having coached in multiple states, not just Florida and Ohio, but especially Florida and Ohio. Right. Very, very specific contrast, because, again, people look at, at, at the Ohio kid and they say, uh, well, he's going to be super well coached, super, you know, technically sound and he'll be, you know, uh, just a fight all the way to the whistle and the Florida kid, they're going to say, well, he's going to be a freak athlete. Right. He's going to be, um, you know, he'll, he'll make some really great plays, but um, emotionally up and down. Right. And, and I'll tell you what, right now, that is kind of true. Like when you do, when you do, I have coached in both areas and it's hard. I, I, I've never experienced a wave like what we had this year where the kids were really, really high and then they were really, really low and, and um, and I love them. And, and I think it's partly just because they're so dang passionate about the game. It's, it, it means everything to them. Um, but but when you when you when you talk about the degree that I got, it's it. I 
am so blessed that I was able to go to school. And it all circles back because, again, I use football and was was blessed that God blessed me with a, with an awesome opportunity to get a free, free education because of football to then go coach football and teach young men to hopefully be able to do the same thing, to use their, their sport, to get a degree, to help other young men. And, and that degree, though, again, where it basically covers psychology, the psychology and sociology of team sports and of individual players and things like that. Um, I use it every day, you know, to try to keep kids from having a, a meltdown or, or, or keep kids um, from, you know, just making poor decisions on the field and being able to calm them down and being able to keep them focused and being able to keep them motivated and hungry. Um, there's no doubt that 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 degree and the things I learned there, um, coupled with with experience, has definitely come into play and, and has helped big time. But. But again, it, 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 whether it's it's not a good or a bad thing, again, because both states with different players. And, and by the way, there's there's players in Ohio that you have the same thing. And there's players in Florida that are what what Ohio would be, what, what coaches, college coaches think of Ohio kids. But but the point of it is, is I think you got to the degree that I got and, and the tools that it gave me is such a blessing because, again, it helps me to learn what makes a kid tick, what motivates them. And how can I best help them to ultimately produce and play the best that they can play on 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 every uh, you know uh, every single every single play and 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 especially though in Florida and and especially at at a school like Bartow where I am taking over and you know they um they've had you know they've had ups and downs but but one thing I was super super proud of just to kind of put our our program into perspective here i was super proud of them this year because we played in a lot of close games and uh in the past i think that they had they had lost uh, some of some sometimes like that but i was really proud of them because they they certainly fought we didn't win them all but but we won a lot and, and so i thought i was really proud to see that and i'm proud of our kids for really taking a big like psychological step forward and so i'm, I'm hoping we take an even bigger one next year and there's no better sport i mean when i, I played you had bonds with you know i was at cleveland heights which you know, on the on the race scale, it's split. And you're an East Side guy too. You know, you you lived in Heights or in Menor. You, you you've been around it. Um, where the the color, the economics, none of it matters. You're just a football player, and yeah. you, you build so many bonds. And then I go to college, and I, you know, I, I did the anabolic steroids. I talked about it publicly in the '90s. It was a thing, you know. And I wanted to get out of my situation. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to escape what I was dealing with. So that sport saves lives and you go back and then you become a coach and you give back. And I think the key to a successful coach is the psychological aspect. You're going to get the athletes. You got what you got. You can make them better. You can fine tune them, but their gifts are their gifts. And to be able to tap in their mind and psychologically know this is what makes this kid tick. And then I got 70 other guys I got to look at. And when you start knowing which each kid how they operate, how they receive, you know, tough love or criticism or praise, you really start to realize, and this is pretty awesome. And I miss that. I don't get to do that because I'm busy in, you know, in the entrepreneurial things that I'm addicted to. Um, but when you see kids and, and you see them progress and you know, I know this kid's background. I know what makes yeah. them tick. You know, I've had kids that were just inner city built like grown adults and you just tell them, Hey man, I'm just really disappointed in you. And they go to tears and you're like, wow, this kid respects what we're trying to do here. 
and it's not about you or I, you know, obviously you're, you're moved on and you've got your family and, and you coach cause you love it, but you get a high off of helping these kids. You really do. And it doesn't matter if they play at Alabama or if they play at John Carroll, it's just go continue because you don't have this many years to do this, right? You only have a few years to have this youth and this availability to go get education and, I just I think it's going to get tougher I, with the social media and this this money being thrown around and I, I just I, I think the higher education is going to take a back seat obviously I mean it already is right yeah you know I think unfortunately uh, all good things can eventually become corrupted and I just I just hate to I don't know I just hate to see it moving in this direction and you know I feel again I just feel so bad for the kids man you know they. They work so dang hard, and it used to be high school kids. You work hard, you get rewarded with a scholarship, and if you are a Division One kid, you're a Division One kid, right? And and you get those benefits. And if and now, if you if you're a Division One kid, you're probably not a Division One kid, which is just again, it's just. And if you're a Division Two kid, we may not even have room for you, right? It's like, you know, again, I just it just makes me uh, it makes me sad, but I, I I'm 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 optimistic and just pray and just say, hey, I, I hope that something is where they can at least regulate it better so that they can still give high school kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <a bit. laughs> I got, I was like, I, I got a little freaked out. I was like, is that like a ghost or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my daughter though. Come yeah. Uh Yeah. But um, being an athlete, she's, she's, a, she's a pretty dang good one. But um, um, no, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm optimistic and I just pray that, that something would change that, that would help even the playing field so that these young men can hopefully have an opportunity again, that, that it's that, okay. Transfers and high school kids that it'd be great. I don't know if it'll happen, but like I said, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm praying for that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going, this isn't good. You know, you're losing governing body. I don't understand what, you know, why am I even, why are kids paying $125 to enroll the NCAA portal registration, all this. And, what are you actually doing? And then you see these schools leaving conferences like a transfer portal. Well, we're just going to move out of this one. You know, the Big Ten is going to be the Big 22 before we know it. And they Man. just go where the money is and the TV contracts and the sponsorships because it's just all – it's a machine. And, you know, it's going to be hard to tell a kid that, hey, you don't fit here, but that, you know, you're you're an inch too short and a, and a, a split second off. And that's all it takes. But go play at Ashland and, and enjoy it, and they just don't receive that conversation too well. No, and, and again, that's where we just want to try to teach our kids, like, and be and be honest with them. Now, again, you know, I'm fortunate that we have had success placing guys at the Division One level, right? Like, not everybody can say that, and we we're proud of that, right? Like at Bartow High School, that we can we not only can help one kid do it, but two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids. If you if you have the talent and you're here, we we have now a track record and hopefully we continue to build that track record of helping kids achieve that dream. Right. But we also have the track record of teaching kids the reality that, hey, you might be a division one guy, but you may not get that opportunity. And so if you don't, here's our backup plan. Right. Here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to help. If you go to Division two, this is what we do. And then we also one thing for me is I'm still coaching my guys when they get to, to college. And teaching them, hey, this is what we can do in the transfer portal. This is what you can do here, and and and, and making sure, hey, uh, have you talked to anybody? Do you, is there interest? Like really making sure they understand. Don't enter the portal unless you know somebody's going to pick you up because that might end your career. So it's it's again coaching. 
here's it's going to reveal the guys that really love the kids and that really really are invested in them and the guys that just do it for themselves because the guys that love the kids are not going to let their kids you know they're always going to be their kids i mean the quavion birds who's my he's going to central michigan uh the Jaden williams the daryl galvas the jason williams um the Ladarius Davises, the Janias, whoever it is, all of these guys are always going to be my guys. And, and, and so I'm always going to try to help them two years, three years, four years down the road when it comes to this recruiting thing. And then, right. and then life too, right? If they need things in life, they need advice, they need help, whatever. But um, I just, again, I just feel so bad for the kids, man. Um, but, uh, but, but, but one thing it's, it's helped me to do is just realize this is a more of a, and I, I'm very open about it, but this is more of a ministry than it is a job. Because, again, like you said, this is not so much a <laughs> I don't do this for money. I do a lot of things different for money. But this is more <laughs> of a ministry where I'm here to help and serve these young men and hopefully make them better young men and help them to achieve like the highest possible athletic achievement that they can. And and so that's kind of where where it's gotten me to. And and. um and so, yeah, hopefully I'm able to do that and, and, and navigate this crazy landscape. Uh, future, do you, you have goals of college, big college pro? I mean, you, you, I'm sure you have a plan. Everybody you know, <laughs> played sports is probably had it written down somewhere. It's probably right by you. But um, is there like a five-year plan or, you know, I've worked with guys. I've seen them as assistant coaches at Bowling Green and, you know, Coach Campbell. Um, great yeah. guy. One of them, he was just a recruiting coordinator who came by in Ordonia one day. Knock on the door, and I sold him to Aaron Pankratz over Bartansky. He goes, "How do we miss this guy? You just missed him because no one's putting him out there." Um, That's right. And then these guys move on and go to big colleges. Is that your your end goal, or I mean, I'm sure you you got something up your sleeve, right? Yeah. Uh, are you talking about me? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'll say like this: I'm very happy here at at Bartow. I, I see myself hopefully being here for a long time. Um, you know, down the road, who knows? I made, my, I made my wife move a lot already. So I, I don't, I don't think anywhere anytime soon. I, my hope is, and this is, you know, the honest uh, truth. I hope that I can build a, a, a state championship winning program where we are consistently competing, right. For the, for the, to be the best team in, in the state. And, and really my mission statement with this program is, um, you know, we want to be the crown jewel of Polk County, which if you, I mean, you might know, you might not know, but Polk County is excellent football. I mean, it, other than Dade County here, I think it's by it's the best by far. And it's one of the best in the nation. Um, you know, Ray Lewis, Ken Riley, mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. How many good guys have come from here? But those are just two Hall of Famers to name a few. But um, I'd like our program, Bartow High School, to be the crown jewel of Polk County then Central Florida, and then the state of Florida. And, um, you know, that's like our mission statement. And so uh, crown jewel, standard bearer, you know, whatever you want it to be. But I want them, when people play us, I want them to say, man, they were really good at football. They were really great kids. Their coaching staff was great. And, and, and I got to see a glimpse of it this year when we played Martin County, which was a really good team. I think they were ranked top. They didn't have the best year this year, but they were ranked top 10, I think, when we played them in our division, which I think they're in our division. And uh, and we beat them on the road in my first game. Beat them twenty three to seven. You really should have beat them about thirty or thirty seven to seven. And after the game, they just said, "Man, you guys out coached us. 
and your boys out physical at our boys. And, and, um, and if you've seen the size of Martin County, I mean, they were up there with like a mass, like they're big, right? They're big, strong kids. And we just beat them and, and, uh, took their life, uh, took the life out of them, I should say. But, but, but that was, it was cool. I got to see a glimpse of it. Right. And, and of course, because it's year one, we had highs, we had lows where boy, it wasn't like that. And so now my goal is how can I get us to be that every time we step on the field, every time we seven on seven, every time we do anything, we are the best team in Polk County, the best team in Central Florida, and the best team in the state of Florida, the crown jewel, the standard bear. Um, that's my goal. And I hope I can get that within the next 10 years. That's like if, if I had to put it to a timetable, I say in 10 years from now, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. Now, if down the road, far down the road, you know, I did have the opportunity maybe to, to coach at, at, at the at the college level, like a division one you know, FBS thing, it, it, it's, it's interesting. But the thing about that is, you know, you know, and you've said it family, right? Like, so my, my wife, my daughter, these are things that are, you know, unequivocally important. I can't even put a, anything, nothing can really relate to it other than my faith, which is number one. And so being able to spend time with my, my, my family, you know, I can do that as the head coach at Bartow. I can't do that as the quarterback's coach at, you know, uh, central Michigan or, or wherever. I don't know. So you know, again, you're, there's you're, always, you're, you're on the road, you're recruiting, you're doing a lot of work and yeah. the trade is the finances. You leave a legacy financially for your family. No but doubt. They begin to not who, know who you are. You're, you're on the phone. You're, you're yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think and, so. <laughs> and that's why I think maybe when like my daughter is, out of high school, you know, I, I don't know if we'll have another child or not, you know, if we're blessed to do that, that'd be great. But when she, maybe when she graduates and we're kind of older and, and we're just doing, I think maybe, maybe then, but maybe I want to spend that time with my wife and, and do things like that. So I don't know. So, but I, I'll tell you this, I couldn't be happier here. And I think if I had to give you like a five or a 10 year goal where I want to be, I want to be a program that has won a state championship that consistently competes for them every year. And and hopefully is like the standard bearer for excellence in in Florida. That's what I'd like. So see if we get there. A lot of people don't know this, but this company was hatched out of me coaching, and a parent chewed my tail out because I was playing mm -hmm. this young man at left tackle when he really could have won us games as a tight end. He was that athletic, mm -hmm. but I knew he had to be prepared to play at a big college in Ohio State had a great career and parents yelled at me, you don't know what you're doing. And I said, look, I'm, you know, I'd love to win every game, but my end goal is to get these guys in college. So if I go mm -hmm. 0 and 10 and my guys all go to college, I'm going to have a lot of weddings and, you know, baby stuff to a lot of family that I'm going to see the rest of my life. So, you know, right. congrats on what you're doing. I know you, I, we've, we've burned an hour here, which is great. Circling back with you, your daughter's in the background, checking on you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel bad that we don't stay connected. And I know social, you kind of do, you know, guys are doing, but it's cool just to talk to somebody that's been through the process at, you know, every level and is, is coaching. Cause I think you're a direct conduit of, you know, what these services do and how it helps, but you know, what you really need to do and what happens behind the scenes from a coach's perspective. Um, so I'm going to end it coach Eden on uh, like your championship moment. What's your, aside from getting married and having your kid, we know that, but what is your championship moment in life where you're just like, man, this is awesome. You know, can yeah. you, you have one of those? I do. I mean, it's, it's very, very easy for me. And 
uh, it's it's giving my life to Jesus Christ. And again, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to be preachy or anything like that, but I'm just genuine, right? Like, so for right. me, um, I went through some really hard times and part of it was my recruiting that I, that I felt like I failed, that I felt like I didn't, my whole identity was in football. Like my whole purpose of living was to be great at football, make it to the NFL, make millions of dollars and then yep. retire, yep. right? When that was taken or, or, or and, and I kind of, I cost myself even an opportunity to do that. I, um, I felt just so down. And so um, and the, a lot more to the story, but basically long, long comes, long comes a teammate of mine, takes me to FCA. Um, you know, I start reading the Bible, which I thought was just a, a storybook. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I can actually hear God. This is real. Whoa, he's talking to me. And I, 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 I'll never forget the day I read this verse. It was, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, and learn from me for I'm humble and gentle in spirit. And you'll find rest for your souls. And it was like over. I was like, whoa, I feel, I needed to feel rest. There were so many just terrible things going on in my life. And at that moment, it was like all of it was gone and it was all good. And so from that moment on, I had, certainly, man, I have not been perfect, but but boy, God's blessed me and, and uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, and now I, I, I'm just so happy and so thankful that, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, Here's a guy that on his visit to Eastern Illinois was playing beer pong with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And this guy's now making $50 million. And and it's like, you know, you wonder, you sit there and, and you can be like, man, well, that could have been, well, but it's not. And here's the beautiful thing about it is um, I have so much peace in my heart from my relationship with, with God, whether I would have been an NFL superstar or whether I'm the head coach at Bartow or the head coach at Ohio State. And so it's, you know, the, the purpose now, my life's, my championship moment you know, it, it, it's 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 not necessarily like a one type of moment. It gets to be my entire life now where my entire life is to hopefully lead these young men to experience that kind of joy that I've gotten to feel and, and hopefully lead them in, in the process to become the best possible version of themselves. That's all that matters to me. And and that's 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 my championship moment for sure. Yeah. Twenty nine going on to 50 because I'm 50 and I'm starting to look at things and go money isn't really much. No, you know, it it's, a, it's, it's a necessary. You've got to support your family. You've got to pay your bills, but right. it does not make you happy. You know, no. having that Lambo or diamonds, it doesn't make you happy. You got to be happy with yourself. And that's really hard to do. Um, and, you know, and I remember, you know, Papa Jim and your, your mom and dad and, you know, solid family, they wanted the best for you. They weren't pushy. You know, they didn't have some expectation where, you know, like your dad was living vicariously through you. They just wanted the best for you. And, you know, and obviously they spent a good deal of money at U.S. to to give you that environment. And, you know, it's awesome that you're doing this now. I appreciate your time connecting. If you need anything from me, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, you know, if you need a database for, for sports or coaches, anything, you know, I got you. And, you know, I'll keep following from afar. And I know it's about – you were about 70 degrees today over there. We're at 40-something and foggy here in Ohio. Did you oh, come back man. for holidays, by the way? No, no, I didn't. No, we <laughs> we stayed far away from the snow, but but I was back in October to see the leaves. So I enjoyed watching the leaves change in the fall and everything. We'll be we'll be back. Uh, I don't know when, but I'm sure we'll be back up there pretty soon. But whenever I do, we'll have to sit down and maybe maybe grab a drink or something to eat and just and connect in person too. It'd be great. All right, my man. If I'm in uh, Florida, you know I'm supposed to do a camp with Tyree Kill over at IMG, but IMG wanted to sit all of our clients down at camp and sell their school. And I'm like, we're just not doing that. Like they're here no. to do a camp and 
you know, learn how to run the 40 the right way. And it was, it was different than a combine. It was like more couple of days instructional and get in through this process, like what we talk about and, you know, they'll hear it a million times, but I appreciate it, man. Enjoy your family. I'll circle back if you need anything. Give me a holler and, and keep rocking. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Yes, sir. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you. And yeah, if you're ever down in my neck of the woods, please don't be a stranger. All right, my man. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right.